same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the same Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fury, and with me is What If I Was Nice to You. Oh. What if you were anyone but who you are? And that is my co-host, Bear, is here. <laughs> that was, what if that was almost as creepy as the last season where he was complimenting Yeah, me. like, what would happen to the universe? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, thank you, and with us as always, the lovely and talented, our, I don't want to say our Dark Phoenix, because I don't want to insult her like that. Because I'll fucking kill you all. That's, okay, what, fine, what? our Dark no, Phoenix. I love you. <laughs> our Captain I Carter. Love you. Our Captain Carter. No, <laughs> our, our Black Widow. There you go. <laughs> uh, is the lovely and talented, the Baronessa, Ms. Jennifer Howland. Thank you. And it is my distinct pleasure each session to introduce our guest and today we have a very dear friend of mine Andrew Barons. thank you for joining us Andrew thank you very much but you must be getting weak in your old age not calling you dark phoenix because that's always how I've known you <laughs> well no I didn't say they shouldn't call me that I said I'll kill you all because I am the that's dark fair. phoenix <laughs> you should, you should. And I didn't want to insult the Dark Phoenix, so I like I, I wanted to survive this encounter. So, so it's very good to play Cater, I get it. <laughs> See, dear friend, he's known me for a while. <laughs> one of your adopted uh, sons. That's right. He's one of my Correct, idiot yes. children. My fake mom. <laughs> uh, so, Andrew, this is the first time that you've been on uh, a graphically novel production, and we have kind of a tradition here where we have our guests, the first time that they're on, explain their history with comic books. So, floor is yours. Okay, so there's a, there's a lot to this, actually. My dad is uh, pretty much my reason I got into comics. When I was a young kid, he actually had a lot of these graphic novels, and it was like, bring on the bad guys, or all the first whatever issues of like Iron Man, Doctor Strange, so on and so forth. And so like I read those as a kid, but then grew up, my dad, uh, because with me being dyslexic and stuff and having a hard time reading, he and I would sit down and read comics together and he would read them in bombastic voices and stuff like that and like make it almost like a living cartoon like read them to me. As one of the most biggest highlights of my life is my dad just sitting next to me. I was cuddled up with him and he was reading me comics. It was great. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's pretty badass. Because like when I when I was sitting around with my dad doing stuff, it was either like we were underneath a machine working on it, or we were sitting side by side on the couch watching uh, daytime TV shows like <laughs> Geraldo or Sally my, Jesse Raphael. My my dad. Uh, I remember uh, one of the first kind of uh, series we got into was it's called Operation Galactic Storm. If you guys are familiar with that, back in the day, was the Kree versus the Shi'ar and the Avengers in the middle of it, correct? Oh yeah, the the so Kree the Kree I, uh, Shi'ar War. Yeah, correct. So I was so I pick up a comic out of the blue, out of a jewel. Okay, and that was like part five of whatever. So I'm my dad's reading. And he's like, oh no, this isn't going to do. So my mom, and my dad were like the huntsmen about finding <laughs> an issue of that, right? And so me and my dad, we read the whole thing. And then like the most, I was actually talking to him beforehand because I told him I was going to be on. And he, I want to know what was his favorite uh, comic series we read together. And that was, uh, he, he said the Infinity Gauntlet, but I remember it was the Infinity War actually. 
And yeah. it was the, because we didn't read, we actually didn't read the beginning. We didn't read the first one. We read the sequel, of course. And we read everything, front to back, all, all the tie-ins, everything. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I remember that Christmas, he bought me an Infinity War poster. So you had all the ba- all the heroes on there and stuff like that. You had Magus and Adam Warlock fighting over the Infinity Gauntlet. Anyways. That is awesome. And it's super cool that you, you know, talked to your dad right before the show. It's yeah. just like, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I told him, I said, I'm not going to try to make him cry, but I'm going to, because he's going to listen to this, but uh, he's the most influential person in my whole life. And I love him to death. Uh, Jen's actually met my father too. Yep. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I I totally feel the Hunter vibe. So I've said it before on the show, but one of the first uh, reintroductions in comics that I got into was there was a garage sale in the 90s. I was in high school and I picked up parts like three, five and seven of Maximum Carnage. And (laughs) and like, you know, it was it was out. But like I used to just duck into comic stores and be like do they have the parts that i'm missing and i was down to like i think it was just issue six uh was the only one i was missing and uh um, oh, wow. i think that was the first time i ever ordered a comic off the internet because like ebay was just starting to become a thing and i picked oh, it up God, for I like that. yeah I, I picked it up for like that two bucks and a dollar shipping <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and like i'm I'm very technologically savvy, as we all know, uh, from me getting into the chat. Uh, I read all my comics now digitally. And so that's really helped me out a lot, being reconnected with comics. Like, that's how I read Sandman uh, a couple of years back. And that's actually, I'm currently reading Fables, actually, right now, which is yes. an amazing nice. series on its own. Oh, it's a fantastic series. It yeah, Fables, really Fables is one of those that I want them to hurry up and make it into a show mm, uh, so that yeah. we can oh, do yeah. it for an episode yeah. on it. Um, well, maybe then, we could. There, there's a video game. Well, <laughs> oh, Wolf yes. Among Us. Yeah, yeah. Wolf Among we could Us. talk about Wolf Among Us because, like, the thing is, is that's a great that's a great way to get people into the comic. If you ask me, yeah. because I actually played Wolf Among Us first, yeah. to then start reading tables. Oh, yeah, yeah got it. No, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, there's there's some like that. Like the other video game example of that is The Darkness, um, which was uh, a spinoff kind <laughs> of a Witchblade. Um, Yes. Totally cool, but there were two video games of the darkness where you were actually Jackie and wielding the darkness, and you had the little goblin guys following you around. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have I have a few recommendations for you that we can I'll I'll send you later if you're liking fables. Oh, of course. Well, if you recall though, remember uh, didn't I didn't I I gave you a graphic novel like when I first we start, first started hanging out, you and I I forget what it was, but I like I handed it to him like you got to read this. I don't think it was Dark Knight, was it? No, I remember that, I remember, but I, I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that you gave me something to read. Yeah, I love comics. Comics is like the best way to have an imagine is like a good way to kickstart your own imagination and stuff like that. You know, well, it's it's one of the, it, to me, it's one of the most great forms of storytelling. And like, like you know, as we get into your guys' show, like the Captain America, what if that was beautiful. I was dumbfounded how good that was. But uh what do you call it? I, I love comics. And I think it's a good way to get people into reading and all that kind of stuff. Cause eventually, you know, my dad and I stopped reading comics and I started reading them on my own and it did help with my reading level and stuff like that. So that's fantastic. And, and I, I do hear that a lot. Usually it's, it's not about dyslexia, but it's usually about getting kids interested in reading and that comics were kind of their gateway. So they started on 
X-Men, Spider-Man, whatever, but then the first novels that they picked up, I've also heard it with gaming. So like the first novels that, that kids picked sure. up were like the Dragonlance uh, Chronicles it's, because it's they played D&D, you know? It's funny you mentioned that because I actually didn't play D&D. I was at Borders Books with my mom and she I had to read a book for high school. And she's like, oh, look at this, a dragon man fighting this dragon. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And it was uh, the Doom Brigade, uh, a dragon land kind of crossover novel. Nice. Like so anyways, so yeah, I, I, I get what you're talking about. So, well, thank you for that. And and we are here to discuss uh, what if. And I have, usually I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Don't tell anybody. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I but mean, I actually, used to be so structured. Right. You know, yeah. You just kind of let yourself go. I have a structure for this one on purpose. And that is because um, I want to discuss the show first and then go back into the comic. I grew up with these comics. I used to collect these comics. I have a bunch of them upstairs. Um, this uh, particular uh, kind of uh, collection that we used was volume three. There are many, many omnibuses. This one is 470-some pages long. It's got a bunch in there. Um, for this, we only were required to read three, um, and that is, what if Captain America were president? What if the Dark... Or what if Phoenix had not died? And what if Wolverine killed the Hulk? Um, they're all in uh, issue three, and I picked that on purpose because this was the omnibus that, A, um, first of all, what if what if Phoenix never died is probably one of the most popular what if comics that was ever because the dark Phoenix saga was huge and, and we'll get there bear. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. <laughs> um, but the other is because I, I didn't have any of the ones that are in this and I was so familiar uh, with a bunch of them, like, and they go crazy. Um, kind of like the show does. So like one of my favorite issues um, is what if, rogue possess the powers of thor where she's worthy of having the hammer <laughs> and becomes oh, the man. new thor um you know there were a bunch of what there was if, like what if she doesn't need the damn hammer and she just sucks all of thor's powers well out of there's it. that too does she um, get a different hammer no she has mjolnir my okay, just checking yeah my my favorite what if is what if the silver surfer got the infinity gauntlet actually that um, one was uh, good yeah uh but uh go ahead and continue yeah and then uh the the other one that that i really enjoyed but really didn't since we haven't done a spider-man episode uh really didn't well other than into the spider-verse oh man i'm sorry you hold guys, on i just have to call it out <laughs> jen has been looking for her the glasses that she took off of her face for like 20 minutes they were in the pocket of her hoodie Oh my god. It's like she was wearing them. We were waiting for you to join <laughs> join up so this, that we could get the like episode. Going. My fake mom. <laughs> I, I have I, I, I in my defense, I, 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 I had a headache but, and so my brain wasn't working properly. <laughs> I, I've had the same problem where I've been like looking for my phone, I'll be holding my left hand and stuff yep. like that. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yep. Have you ever used the uh, flashlight on your phone to find your phone? I've done that before. <laughs> I haven't gotten oh, that no. bad. That's, that's, that's next bad. level. Yep. Oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, but other than the Rogue one, there's a two-parter called... The first one is, what if Spider-Man had not married Mary Jane? Um, and then the second part of that is, what if Spider-Man had married Black Cat? And I'm a huge Black Cat fan, so like... 
course, love that one. But going into the show, the reason I want to talk about the show first is I want, I know that when it comes to Jen and Bear, they watched the show before. Well, I don't know, Bear, because you didn't watch it with us. Did you watch the show before oh, yeah. you read the comic? Okay. I, yeah, I watched I watched pretty much every episode almost as it came out. It was one of the few okay. ones that I actually did that with. Okay. So, uh, but then going back, I want to discuss the format that they used. Because going back and reading them, I really saw the format in the TV show. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, Absolutely. Because I was when I was reading the ones you recommended, I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, it took me right back. Like seeing like how the show works too. And, and the books yeah. as well. You're 100% right. It's so, really, really well crafted to do that. Absolutely. So we're going to go through these uh, in the order that they came out. I'm, I'm not going to do like a ranking thing or anything, but I just want to get people's general impressions because these are so different. This is an anthology series, and it reminded me a lot of like less like American Horror Story where everything kind of ties into each other. Um, I mean, this does at the end. But while you're watching it, you're like, oh, okay, and this is another world, and this is another world. So almost like Tales from the Crypt-ish uh, with that kind of anthology, yeah, or Twilight Zone. The exact same thing, exact yeah. same thing. I was thinking that when I was reading the book today. It reminded me of those old, uh, those, uh, the horror comics, you know? Yeah. So uh, let's start with, what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Andrew, what were your impressions watching it? So I, I liked it a lot, and... The thing, the one thing about what ifs is you have to have the, because like everything is usually hunky dory, but there always has to be that big turn, right? Mm-hmm. And where she got sucked into the the nether realm, if you will, I uh, I thought that was pretty good. This one I think was a really light and flashy episode to kind of get people into it before we get into the more of the darker episodes. Jen, yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought it was a really strong start because it took um, one of the more popular storylines for Marvel, the MCU, mm-hmm. as it is now, um, and, and you know, did exactly what it's supposed to, you know, what if this happened instead of this, um, you know, and I, I thought it was a great introduction to what the series was about. Fair. Uh, I have to absolutely agree. Uh, mainly, I was just, I was just kind of enthralled with the Captain America gender swap, because there's probably a good 20, 25% of this country out there that was just annoyed as hell by that. And it did my heart good to just kind of go, somebody out here is really upset by this. And I am enjoying every minute of it because <laughs> listen, we can have women be in positions of power. We can have women be superheroes and be just as good, if not better at doing it than the men are. Yeah, um, one thousand percent agreed. Because the you know the the but why does Ray have to be the focus of Star Wars? Fucking fuck boys, right? <laughs> uh, you know yeah, all the fuck boys and the MRAs out there. You can yeah. you can all just go eat a dick. Yeah, yeah. In, enjoy your Zack Snyder conventions. You you, uh, you like really, dick so much. I'm really you glad we're on the podcast. <laughs> Yes, Andrew, we, I, I'm on the podcast. Right. Yeah. This fair, involves fair, Jen. Fair. I should have I should have fucking remembered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I know you've met me and I've a couple of times. I I've have. generally been on my best behavior because I don't know you that well. You don't know Bear at all, but you know Jen, and there ain't no way. I'm yeah. not editing well, those episodes. <laughs> that's totally that's totally fair. 
to uh, touch on what Bear was saying about the the, the, the gender swap thing, uh, I'm going to talk about my one of my hobby passions is Warhammer 40k, and our fan the fan base hates when people kit bash put together different mouths to make the women look make space marines look like girls. It's <laughs> hilarious. So I I'm all for it. Oh yeah, the MRAs in gaming has kind of gotten out of fucking control. Yes, I oh, I, I never really assumed that those type of people existed in our hobbies until very recently when I was just like, wait, what? Are are you are you serious? Oh, yeah. You know what? And in, in oh, yeah. talking about specifically talking about Warhammer 40k because I play Blood Bowl and I have oh I love Blood Bowl before they released Amazons I had a cheerleader team that I said were all Wood Elves and I had numbered them and everything else but I wasn't using the proper figures and I'm like whatever oh geez. go fuck yourself I, they have you know numbers what? they correspond to my sheet they say what they do. So, okay, I've given up on all you know what, man? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dick. No, you know what? It, it just cracks me up because I I think in general, like, we could probably do a whole long extended conversation about gaming and all what we're talking about right now. But, like, in general, like, you just got to let people have fun. And one of the things Warhammer, our Games Workshop put up, and it was essentially like, if you're going to be a Jagoth, you're not going to be welcome here and you're not going to be missed. You know? I do love Games Workshop so. for that. They have always taken that stance of listen, we don't need you in our hobby if you're if you're gonna make the hobby uh not worth playing. So but now Absolutely. Games Workshop, you need to put out an entire army that's like an Amazon's army. There is one. Oh, is there? Okay, so I don't play this. I, I don't play yeah. their game just because I don't have the money to play that game. Sorry, Games Workshop. I don't know. You know I what? It's it's I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's the uh, there's the meme that I just saw that was um, don't do drugs, kids, because drugs will take all your money here. Have this gaming book instead. And I'm like, it easily <laughs> could be like have this this gaming figure or have this magic card or have yeah. this graphic yeah, novel right. like it could be like anything. It's, like, it's, a, like, it's like Captain America sitting down like they have those videos, right, where Captain America is like. So you've decided to take up gaming and you don't have any money anymore. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I just like the meme that's like, you know, the the gal at the bookstore that's sitting there with a stack of books that she knows she's not gonna get to anytime soon. Just like it could be worse. It could be drugs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh on, my thoughts on Captain Carter to to reel us back in. Um, I really enjoyed it. I love um when they take a road that that parallels um and i've said it before on this show i'm a big fan of other universes i'm a big fan of cover songs i'm a big fan of taking something established i'm a and, big fan of variations on a theme yes yeah. absolutely and uh captain carter was great for that yeah um it was also almost like she understood how to use her powers better than steve did at first yeah because she was doing stuff like using the shield for the for the truck to flip trucks and like all that other stuff and i'm like okay this is cool because peggy originally was already like a very talented very intelligent spy for for the british yeah she's a she's a secret agent yeah, yeah right the most sense that she's able to apply herself because now she has like the super soldier serum within her and stuff like that you know right and and all i was missing was the scene where basically she took erskine's notes and poured over them to be like oh i can do this 
Yeah. And I can do this. Oh, this is the structure of the shield. This is what it does, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you take that right. World War One, like Cold War era spy, and now you've given them superpowers and an indestructible little dome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, fantastic. I, I, I didn't really think about it when you put it that way, because it's very much a, a, you know, a secret agent versus a soldier where Steve Rogers just wanted to get to the front line and, and fight. And, you know, Peggy decided that she was going to do her time, take her research to make sure she was able to actually wield herself at 100% effective. effectiveness. Right. I mean, she did want to get further, but she was, as opposed to Steve, who, you know, he was sidelined a bit just to generate like war bonds and things. Um, sure, sure. Peggy Something was just be- held back because she was a woman and couldn't go to yep. the front lines. Well, I found it really Which- interesting that they didn't, like Steve was still involved. He was still involved yeah. in in you know the the missions, which was a huge difference because Peggy wasn't. Right. She was. I mean, she did stuff, but she was not as you know involved in the front line because she was a woman. Because it was right. the 1940s, you know. But right. Steve and how was still Howard Stark creates the Howard yeah. Stark creates the 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 Hydra stopper for Steve, but he wouldn't do that for Peggy. Right. Well. So. And so there were some fantastic parallels be- between something that was not required for this because it only in in background stuff really applies. But that is the Agent Carter show, which I found the first season amazing. I need to go back and try the second season again because I fell off of it. Um, and, and it eventually becomes a thing in, in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But Stark working with Peggy is a thing in that. Yes. And... Also, Bradley Whitford's character that's in the What If episode is in the original uh, one shot, which came out with the, for, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, about like the background stuff of Peggy and and how the government was working with that and how they saw Steve and everything. And Bradley Whitford was an integral uh, integral character in that. But almost never, nobody saw it. I mean, you can right. find it on Disney Plus now. But the fact that they took Agent Carter and they took this one shot and they mm-hmm. took Captain America First Avenger and they merged it all into this what if. I mean, you could yeah. blink and miss it and you don't even necessarily you're like, oh, OK, cool. Bradley Whitford, that's his voice. He's in this. That's fantastic. But not knowing that all those pieces exist is so great. And I think that Marvel post disney acquisition has done this extremely well yeah where you know it's oh god god well all i was going to say is where no matter how much of the media you consume you can consume just a little bit or you can consume everything that comes out there's something in there for you correct and i i'm going to be i'm going to be very admitted to i was one of those people like oh they're going to destroy marvel because they got bought all that kind of stuff and uh for your listeners i recant on that i love the fact that disney has done everything that they did for Marvel. There's no gun against my head from the mouse or anything like that. <laughs> uh, the moment that I made that admission, um, and I've said it on the show before, is um, Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out, and our friend Lucas Green was like, "I love Guardians of the Galaxy. We got to go. You got to go see this movie. It's going to be so good." And I was like, "I've read Guardians of the Galaxy comics. I hate Space Marvel. There's no way they're going to do oh. this right. It's Disney." Bah bah bah. And I went and saw it. We walked out of that theater, and the first thing I did was call Lucas and apologize and say, "Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was 
very, very wrong. Lucas, did you mark that on your calendar? He did. Uh, yeah, he sure did. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Um, I'll, I'll start with Bear on this one. What did you think of this? This was the only one that I was just kind of like, okay, alternate reality, but yeah, T'Challa's cool. Is T'Challa really this cool? I, did he really just convince uh, Thanos just to just to stop and now just be a background character that just kind of randomly talks about genocide? Like, so too far for you. I, it's like, I just... I don't know if it was too far. It was just like, that was just like one character that was just like, yeah, T'Challa's cool, but is he is he really that cool? I don't think he's really that cool. I don't think when you get swiped away from Earth at in your you know early teens that you are that good of a diplomat. That's my really the only problem with it. Otherwise, the rest of the story, super cool. Down with it. And I was just like, you you could have just not put Thanos in the background of this whole thing, and I think I'd have been fine with it. Andrew? Uh, I I think it's my one of my favorite what if episodes. And I actually disagree with you. T'Challa is that cool to convince Thanos to put down <laughs> the gauntlet and stuff like that. And I it should have been what if what, you know what if a better person went to space. And the thing is, is like you got to realize him being a teenager, but he's a teenager that's going to be king. He's probably been trained very much so, and like the environment that he was nurtured and natured in brought him up to that. I actually really liked that, uh, in my opinion. And I love the fact that we had almost everyone back from Guardians of the Galaxy and from uh, Black Panther and stuff like that. And uh, for me, Black Panther is one of my favorite superheroes. And and like being able to hear Chadwick Boseman, you know, one last time do his do that role was really touching for me, you know, and stuff like that. But I yeah. do believe yeah. he's actually that that well-versed in being able to uh, convince Thanos of that. And I think that's supposed to prove the point that this is how good T'Challa actually is as a person, you know? And we when we first get introduced to him in the MCU, he's driven by revenge anyway go ahead no yeah. uh, absolutely valid points yep. it, it does go back to civil war which i do, am i the only one with the block in my head that i'm like no there's no way that black panther and spider-man were introduced in the same movie together they're 100 introduced in the same movie together i know but like wild. i have this block where i'm like no no no, no. black panther was in Something earlier, listen, right? No, right? Listen, no. yes, that, that movie should have been bigger. <laughs> yeah, it should have not been a two-part that was, movie. That should have been a three-part movie. Like, yeah. well, Civil War. Was Civil War was a one-part no, movie. No, I I apologize. I keep thinking like, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, that should like, have been at least a two-part movie. Like, I look back on the T'Challa in Civil War when we first meet him, and you're absolutely right because we meet him, we see him. Um, and then his father dies. Like it's it's pretty immediate. So we only see until Black Panther, we don't see T'Challa as level headed and in well, all the We don't have any background on him at right. all. And I think T'Challa. Oh, go ahead, Jen. I think that you know this. What if at like you said, Andrew? It's sort of like what happens when the person who's taken away from Earth is has a background and a of of a solid education and a solid um you know understanding of who he is and what he is to do in the world you know like what his role is because he's been brought up to be the next king right you know and and his parents have taught him to be good and kind and fair and you know try and balance the scales for the people who can't 
do that for themselves. Were, that, that was good. We're using to balance the scales because of Thanos. And I do believe the best way you could defeat Thanos if you're not going to, you know, go back in time and get the Infinity Gems to kill him <laughs> is you have to beat him within a debate. Yeah. Well, and that's what he's, that's, that, it, that is actually what he says, which is the main argument all the time against the whole Thanos idea of wiping out people was, okay, but you had the power to just double resources. Um, right. And so it's a resource management thing instead of a people management thing, which really either or. Uh, <laughs> uh, Honestly, easier to double the resources because you don't need all the stones. You don't need the mind stone to do it. Yeah. Right. Correct. But uh so yeah, uh Jen, do you have any additional thoughts on the on the episode? I know you chimed in a little bit in reaction. But... Um yeah, I mean this one was one of my favorites as well. And I think it was because of uh, you know, all of the characters that that got pulled into the story, but it was also the story itself. You know, it was you know it was everything that that I enjoyed about Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you know, kind of the heist movie feeling, but, um, you know, just pulling all these characters in in unexpected ways, which, you know, is the basis of what if. So my first thing uh, of why I really enjoyed this episode is just Howard the fucking duck. Howard the duck. <laughs> I forgot. Howard the duck. Stop. Uh, voiced by Seth, Seth Green, Green, who also voiced <laughs> Howard the Duck in the in the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, post credit scene, uh, he will be Howard the Duck moving forward in the MCU. Did he also? I can't remember. Did he also do the Howard the Duck? In, he did also do the Howard the Duck in the other What If episode that we're yes. going to talk about here in a couple minutes. Yes. Yep. And stay tuned for Howard the Duck when my brother shows up again. That's right. Later to, this season. Later this season to talk about Howard the Duck. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but the other one is in, in Thanos was one of my examples, but it's T'Challa's um, how he brought out the best in people. Yeah. Um, Yondu's a great example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't have to go all the way to Thanos. You could just look at Yondu. Yondu was who he was at the end of the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie where he has that um, reciprocity mm -hmm. with his um, adopted son, mm -hmm. you know, where right. the son isn't being rebellious or isn't being a dick about it, you know, T'Challa is fully acknowledging it and being like, you know, you are you are a trusted person. You're in my life. I value you because T'Challa was yep. raised in an environment where everything wasn't held in. He he wasn't raised in the United States. He was raised in Wakanda, <laughs> where people have things like mental health. And, right. and they understand and, and, and yeah. they don't, they don't yeah. stigma, stigmatize yeah. right. mental health care right. right and they don't stigmatize uh uh telling somebody that you love them yes you know even platonically yes. right yeah. and so t'challa like and that is the key that i thought i didn't think it was the debate part of it with thanos although that obviously was a part of it but his relationship with uh you know uh, Nebula and his relationship with everyone around that table when you really get the scene mm -hmm. and of I, his crew. I didn't have a problem with most of that. I didn't yeah. have a problem with Yanda. I figured yeah. even 13-year-old T'Challa can talk Yanda into, you know, an Yandu. emotional evolution. Yandu. Yandu, sorry. Uh, uh, talk him into an emotional evolution more quickly than would have happened in the rest of right. the MCU. 
all the rest of that. I just, I, at that age, cause uh, I think, so he was only, what did they go for his age in that particular episode? Cause he was nabbed at like 13, 13. And then when they finally get in, he's in his... It was 10 years. Was it 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So even at 23, I just don't know, even running around with the the Ravagers, I don't know that he's picked up enough actual life experience to talk Thanos out of that. And well, that's just... Because... I, I mean, I just... Sure. I, I, I vehemently disagree because it's like we missed 10 years of a person's life. You know, and like if you look at the Marvel Marvel Universe, like in the comic book universe six one six, it's like only like three years have gone by since Spider Man emerged or some some nonsense like that. So he's had ten years of hard living as a Ravager, plus being king, and like you can tell that T'Challa cares about each and every person, like Josh was discussing, because he has a relationship with everybody. And, and I, if you go back to the first the first part of it where uh, he's stealing the thing and the guy like was like, Oh my god, you're Star Lord, blah blah blah. You know, like he didn't like get right with me he's like no yeah you can come with me you know and and i get that but i just also think that he also had yes he had 10 years of hard living with the ravagers but he also had 10 less years of life with his father to reinforce those values well i think it goes beyond that though because he basically took like what you see is he's created a, a a legend around himself so he took the ravagers and what they were doing but aimed them towards good instead of just stealing for money and whatever. Sure, turn them so, into the Robin Hoods. Yes. Basically. Yeah. And right. so- but, yeah. as, as they mentioned Robin Hood within the, within the episode. Right, yeah. yeah. So I think that he took what he had learned in his first 13 years and honed it. That's kind of what I was seeing. Well, and, and you know, to I, I don't think that that is, a, that is something that we will resolve, but I, I do enjoy that we had both of those points of view um, because other people yeah. may think the same thing. I, I did, I will admit, I was like, meh. Like, it didn't break my suspension of dis- disbelief, but here. it stretched it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, but I'm enjoying what's happening with Thanos, so I'm going to keep yeah. going. Yeah, that's like, basically where I went to. I was just like, uh, I don't, I'm not so cool with it, but it's funny, so I'm just going to let it ride. Right, you know. Right, because like you mentioned, the, the genocide jokes throughout, like he would start talking about his plan and people would be like, so genocide. Yeah, so genocide. So like your plan was legitimately genocide, right. which is the proper way to do that. You you know, if you want to quote unquote redeem Thanos in this environment, you have to have people calling him out. And I do like that he didn't oh, yeah. totally give it up and be like, okay, well, I gave up my plan. No, he's still thinking about it because he right. devoted so much time And he talks it. about that specifically. He's yes. like, still think it's the best plan. Like, still might go after this. Right, right. So, uh, right. moving on, because we're only going to episode three. Uh, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Uh, Jen, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, which one was Where this? all the Avengers die. Ant-Man. Oh my god. Oh, right. Okay. Because um, Pim kills them all. I thought that was I really thought it was a good one. It was a really good mystery. Like who is doing this? How are they doing this kind of thing? Um, you know, it was I think that's why I know we're not gonna talk about the next one, but I think that the third episode was the reason I was a little underwhelmed for the the Doctor Strange episode. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Because I thought it was really good. It was really yeah. powerful. It was like, oh my God. Like the others were like, oh, this is an interesting thought experiment, you know, whatever. But that one was the one where it was like, oh shit, this would totally change everything in this world. You know, if this, if, if all of the Avengers died, that would be, that would be pretty big thing. Fair. Um, I actually got, got stuck on that for a minute too. Like I should have known better, but in like, in the end, I was just like, ah, shit, they actually pulled out Pim. I was just not expecting that at all. Michael Douglas actually voicing him too, which blew me away. Uh, like seriously. So like, I was just like, part of it was kind of like, how do I, how do I feel about what they did to all these different characters and like, how, how are all these, all of these Avengers getting the jump, you know, somebody's getting the jump on them. It's gotta be somebody that's super smart and like super capable and, oh, oh shit. Oh fuck. Yeah. No. Okay. I'll let that go because no one expects the Hank Pym Inquisition. Right. (laughs) Andrew? Um, if I recall right, he was in the yellow jacket outfit at the end. He of the was, episode. in fact, which is a comic book nod. It's not so much because yellow jacket. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, was, but yeah. To kind of touch on to touch on that though, it really because they're never going to highlight the domestic abuse Hank Pym put on to uh, his wife uh, Janet. True. And so, like, but he has that dual personality identity where he comes yellow jacket. So, like, that's the biggest nod you'll ever get to Hank Pym being kind of a piece of shit. And uh, well, also, also because if you ever touch Michelle Pfeiffer on screen, I will add you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, one hundred percent. But like overall, it was a great mystery piece, and it really, I think, what the thing we're missing is it really highlights how good Black Widow was as a yeah. as a character because she was mm-hmm. she was the one that was investigating this stuff and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, Nick Fury is cool and all that kind of stuff. And I did like. It's like one of the big problems I had with these what if episodes is like, I just want to watch more of what's going on. And like, cause at the end of that episode where he finds Captain America, he calls Captain, Captain Marvel and stuff like that. I want to see the next story of that, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This was one of the ones that I wish they would have, uh, they would have, have continued as, as they started to pull everything together that they would have taken more from this world. Uh, cause I agree. It was, um, it was it was super cool, especially seeing like Captain Marvel at the end. And um, the only <laughs> the only kind of minor thing that I have is it's all about hope, and Fury didn't get that immediately. Yeah, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Andrew, back to you. What a great what a great episode. Uh, we're I understand where Jen's coming from, like this one underwhelmed. I feel like this really hones in what what if is all about, right? Where same, but same with that one. But like, it's like, you know, he's trying to do all these good things. And all of a sudden he's like, well, I have to get what I want. And then like, you know, the thing turns as it is against him because that's the whole thing about what if books, right? They turn like bad stuff's going to happen in the end. Right. And this is the, this is the first time we could see Jeffy, right? Really get those acting chops in stuff as well. And like, you know, Jeffy Wright and Benedict Cumberbatch acting together i'll take that any day of the week <laughs> fair um i mean in retrospect after watching the whole series yes this was entirely necessary um i do agree that it was a tad bit underwhelming when you with the initial watch um but i'm also totally cool with it like i was even cool with it after watching it the first time before i you know had seen everything and saw how it tied in um because it's a what if you know what what if all the stories aren't super cool what if 
in the end, you know, Doctor Strange is just kind of a selfish douche from beginning to end. This is what you get. Do you want demons? This is how you get demons. Right. Right. Jen? Um, you know, as I said, I, I was kind of under underwhelmed by this, but I saw as the series progressed why this needed to happen and how it kind of built up to where the series went. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about was um, the the um, is it the Spider Man movie that Doctor Strange. Man, it's not, multiverse. Yeah, or, yeah, well, yeah. Doctor Strange so, two, and yeah. then there's No Way Home coming yeah. out, and, and I think Doctor Strange is going to be involved in both of them. Yeah. Well, whatever well. the one is, the trailer where he's not really acting like himself. That's No Way Home. No Way Home. So, like, I was thinking about that when I was watching this, and it was like, oh, well, what if this isn't like this reality? You know, this reality's Doctor Strange. What if this is a different Doctor Strange? Right. Yeah. What if they're pulling in the what ifs? Yeah. Um, what if? I So, you, <laughs> Jen, you and I had the discussion after we watched this for the first time. Um, I think both of us were a little underwhelmed. Um, however, at the time, I compared this episode to the uh, Burgess Meredith uh, episode of Twilight Zone. Um, where he famously just wants to read and he just wants all the time in the world to read and there's a nuclear attack and uh, he sits down he realizes he has all the time in the world to read he's the last person he breaks his glasses Um, yeah that is to me very much what this is because this is also the element of fate will correct itself there are certain things Mm -hmm. that no matter what you do things are fated to happen um there's and and it's great because I really like the idea that there is a world that is both free will, and, but certain things are fated. So, uh, you know, it, yep. it, it was cool. But yes, again, until later in the series, I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, but as everybody else has said, I, I get it. Uh, having seen the whole thing, it is it is an integral part of what happens later. And I can't imagine. But still, what if? Through. Yeah, every other reality just isn't as cool as the one you're familiar with. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's got to be some. So this is where we get. Literally, it's called "What If Zombie," oh. and I'm going to start with Bear on this one. This one was really just a joy. <laughs> um, even right up to like we've got Wanda. Wanda's a fucking zombie. Wanda is a zombie that still has all of her magic powers. Okay. Um, I don't know how this didn't turn into, like, an extinction-level event, honestly. Right. Like, this should have been an extinction-level event. Um, they kind of ran with it. I I just, I just kind of sat back and enjoyed the ride. I was just like, as soon as I saw Wanda um, still, like, glowing, I was just like, mm, all right, well, we're just going to roll with this because... This is about to, this just shit's about to get weird. Andrew? It's, uh, zombies aren't really my thing. Um, and Marvel zombies in general, I thought was played out, but being overly negative, but I got to be positive because what I liked was the survival story that they told with the, the remaining Avengers and stuff like that. So, you know, sitting down and watching that for a half hour, I thought that was, it was good for what it was, but this isn't really my genre of stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree that if these were hour-long episodes, I would have been a lot more annoyed with this one in particular. Um, yeah, Marvel Zombies never really been a thing 
that that I've really enjoyed. Mm. I know some people do, and that's great. It's very popular, fantastic. They're gonna, in fact, do an entire thing with it uh, that they announced yesterday on Disney Plus Day. Awesome. Yep. I I love that for people that enjoy it. I will watch the shit out of that. But it is, yeah. But it is not me. Um, you know, Jen. Um, I was actually reading something recently about, um, and I wish I could remember, and I was just reminded of it. Otherwise I would have done some research, but there is a movie where um, there are zombies, but people know what zombies are. They know how they work, how they are made, how to get rid of them. And, and kind of alleviates that, like for me, zombie movie where everyone is just reacting rather than mm -hmm. saying, okay, there are zombies. We are going to stop this. It because was on we a understand. what culture uh, horror video that yes, we just was. watched. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I can't remember the name of the movie either, but so yes. I, I think that, you know, it's it was an interesting thought experiment of what if the Avengers become zombies, but it's like, really? Like, one, if one of them, if you, I don't know. It's just like, come on. <laughs> I do yeah, like, I, I do like the source of it. I do like that, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp are fucking around in the quantum realm where they don't understand dick mm -hmm. about that whole realm. Well, because I mean, how else yep. how else do you make zombies in this universe? Right, right. No, but I but I do I, like that where they're like, and then something came out. Yeah. You know? I, and I agree with you, Josh, because like to me, like that was the best way you could actually explain zombies in a in the in a mar in a superhero universe, too. I agree with you actually. Because right. we've got Wakanda. Wakanda has pretty much mapped the entirety of the human genome. We know about right. mutants. Mutants are there, and we've pretty much mapped out the mutant gene. So we know what 99.infinite9 of all the diseases are out there. And we've got, you know, Asgardians and shit who have traveled all of the verse that have seen all this stuff, and they've never mentioned zombies before. So where the fuck do zombies come right. from? Yep. And meanwhile, we got, you know, three people fucking around in a realm that they don't understand, right. fully understand. Perfect. I liked right. it. It was it was a well-written story. It's just not for me. And I hope that people that did find enjoyment really enjoy it type thing. So moving on, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Jen? This one was okay. It was fine. I was entertained, but I just didn't, like, I felt like it cheapened the character. Like, seriously cheap because killmonger was probably one of the best sympathetic villains and this made him just a jackass yeah no i i i'm right there with you uh there was no even echo of his motivations from black panther nope not not at all it was just revenge uh andrew this is my least favorite episode actually um and like you guys were stressing uh the fact that he doesn't feel like Killmonger is that Ryan Coogler, you know, was, did a real good job directing him. Uh, and yeah, it was just a really weak episode to be completely honest. Um, like I'm going to shout my buddy, Justin new. He hates uh, Killmonger, the actor that plays in Michael B. Jordan. And like, he just kind of comes off like a, he, his response about black Henry comes off very whiny where him and I disagree. But when he said that, I watched this episode comes off very whiny and just like oh, i'm just gonna do yeah. nothing and kill everybody because i'm a jerk i'm a white i'm a whiny millennial i'm right. a millennial i can say that <laughs> bear um i i agree with everybody else i was this was not my favorite 
Um, it was, again, it was an interesting thought experiment, but I absolutely saw what its purpose was by the time we got to the end. Yeah. Because its purpose was to introduce Killmonger as the guy that could potentially fuck up a the whole, of, yeah. like fixing, you know, fixing the world. You know, he's the guy that's going to step in and just be like, yeah, he need, we needed to have a fall guy somewhere along the line besides our big bad guy. And yeah, he was kind of just there to be that guy. Which is unfortunate. I wish they would have chosen a different villain. Uh, yeah, I, I think they could have written that whole thing a lot better. And I, But I think I entirely think that this was this entire episode was there just to introduce Killmonger as the fall guy for the finale. I agree. Uh, what if Thor were an only child? <laughs> this one was awesome <laughs> party thor running around like i the only my only problem with it is i wish he would have gotten a little bit um a little bit harder reality check at the end instead of the like the hunky dory like lovey-dovey like oh we're just gonna pat you on the head and say it was all fine and now you owe us, basically, is what, where they went with that, as opposed to, I kind of wish you would have gotten spanked a little bit harder. Um, but we did get to see Loki, if Loki was just, you know... Uh, grew up as, a, as an ice giant. Yeah, he yeah. grew up as an ice giant the whole time. We get to see uh, Howard the Duck again. We get to, we get to see uh, Howard the Duck in... Uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, Darcy. Darcy. Darcy, yeah. That, that was... I, I had a little moment there. That was that was that was amazing. No mention of a corkscrew penis, but you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> still Disney. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, still Disney, still kids. Jen, um, yeah, this one was entertaining. Um, you know, it was nice to see Captain Marvel again, but I don't know if this was really. I just wish she would have stomped him a little harder. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there like think that think that Thor is invincible. And then there's they gotta realize that there's other people out there like right. Hulk and Captain Marvel and all these other people that will just stomp Thor into the ground. Right. Well, and it and it seemed like she wasn't able to until you realized that she was holding back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's because, like, no, I can't kill him. Because she didn't want she her orders were not to to kill him so yeah andrew to me this is a very fun episode right it's like kind of it's uh to quote uh dr sydney from mash or something like that take your pants off and fight on the ice type scenario where <laughs> this is just a really fun episode right and uh because it doesn't have like that what if where like there's like kind of bad like toilet zone kind of type twist that they have in this it's a fun episode and it's just kind of just fun to kind of sit back after I think this was after the the Killmonger episode, kind yeah. of a nice little kind of funny jaunt, jaunt into a, a different world, and I love it to death. Actually, it's good. It's a good episode. I agree. Uh, it, it's what I describe as brain bubble gum. It's just you know, it's fluff. It's a fun episode of everybody just kind of, especially since yeah, it it happens between the Killmonger episode and the two part, basically two part finale. Um, where everything's super serious and and everything else. So, um, moving on, what if Ultron won? Uh, Andrew, what a great what a great episode. Uh, in my opinion, like like all these episodes have been good, minus like the Killmonger episode. In my opinion, this one was really good because like I love how Ultron became self aware and stuff like that, and watching the Watcher actually intervenes and stuff like that. 
and they actually get to have that interaction. I mean, of course, we all wish James Spader came back and replaced his role as Ultron, but the, the fellow <laughs> that played Ultron did a great job as well. It was a really good episode. And uh, seeing Armin Zolan back, Armin Zola back, I'll take, I, I want that more now. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm going to jump in just because this is the relationship between Natasha and Clint that I love. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really kind of uh, uh, brought that back up because we haven't seen that. I mean, even the scene in Endgame uh, or in, in Infinity War where Natasha sacrifices herself. I mean, that's that was overly dramatic for me for those two characters. Like there wasn't enough like banter. Mm-hmm. And this now, had the Josh, appropriate believe- amount. Yeah. Go ahead. Now, Josh, do you believe that? It, but this is a lot more of showing, not telling, because like in a lot of the movies, they say Natalia uh, uh, and Clint are very close, but this is showing us that they're very close. Yeah, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, um, we didn't get that from the Black Widow movie either. Like, and I was looking forward to that because yeah. they've always hinted at it or or shown a little bit, and like. You know, you see in Age of Ultron when they go to Clint's family's farm that the kids know Natasha. They call her Aunt Nat. Yeah. Um, you know, so so that gives you a little bit of an understanding. And she is at complete calm and peace. That was probably, yep. before this episode, that was probably the best example of their relationship that I can think of. Um, going back to my my uh, my co-host of Rec Conversations, who just hates the Age of Ultron movie, um, I I would argue that this is that scene is the one redeeming yeah. factor in that entire movie. Um, but yeah, I, this was great, and Clint's sacrifice, fantastic. Like everything that happened in this, um, I was invested. You know, and that probably more than any other episode. Like I enjoyed all the other episodes. Um I was watching them. I was I was, you know, I was invested in this episode. Like I was not fucking around on my phone. I was not, you know, going in and being like don't worry about pausing it to go and get something from the kitchen. I was like, okay, for a half an hour I'm watching this and I'm here. Yeah. For it. Jen? Yeah, um I I liked, you know, because I was not familiar with what if, um, you know, I was like, Oh, okay. So the first episodes up until this one was kind of just, this is what this is. This is what is happening. This is kind of the premise of what you're seeing. Um, and then that one, uh, that episode, I, I liked how it was like, Oh, he's breaking the rules here. He's, he's (laughs) like, not, you know, the watcher is not supposed to be this invested in what's happening. Um, yep. And so, uh, you know, it created the tension and the, the, the drama for the, the following episode. And that's the final episode after this one, right? Yeah. yeah. This is the penultimate yeah. episode. Yeah. Fair. Um, I thought in the beginning, I was like, oh, really cool. You know, again, really cool thought experiment. Um, not my favorite storyline out of all of it. Um, and then, but the thought that I had once we got closer to the end of the episode, when I realized, when I realized this was going to be the two-parter in the finale, um, was it was interesting that they tied in the fact that the watcher watches almost destroyed the multiverse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because 
if he wouldn't have been watching that scene at that moment, that Ultron would have never figured out that there were other multiverses out there and would have never ran off as all powerful on his own to go take on the rest of them. Now, the fact that there wasn't anyone in any of the others that could have taken him on or that he just didn't get to him before the watcher was like, I have to do something about this. Um, eh, seems a little strange because somewhere out there, there's, there's, um, <clears throat> and, you know, ultimate Avengers Hulk that also has, you know, the venom symbiote and managed to rip the infinity gauntlet off of Thanos and Ultron can't stand up to that. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, like, because I can just start dreaming up my own what ifs, Marvel. <laughs> what about other characters like Galactus? Right, or right. you know, it's like, and he didn't run into, you know, Ultron didn't run into anyone like that. Well, and but that's the thing that I did like about this. It didn't introduce new characters. This is mm-hmm. MCU you, only. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they had, they had to stay in their lane. Right, so they stayed within their scope. I, I mean, I think the only character that really stretches that is Howard the Duck, who only showed up in one post credit scene. You know? Eh, you know, but... Well, but we'll you, have, you, have, you have to ask yourself, Classicus, he needs his own movie, like, as the main... Right, yes. A, a quick little scene, and everybody knows that they had George Lucas movie, Howard the Duck. So, like, and if the kids don't get, they're like, oh, it's a talking duck in the last. But, like, you, you right. know, like, Glass or any of the other, like, powers, cosmic of people, like, they're going to be like, why did it get put in this little 30-minute episode of this, tele- this cartoon? Right. I mean, and then you run into, like, the problem with, I, we just saw Eternals, and, and no spoilers, but there's a lot. There is a I'm lot it, so to you. unpack. Yeah. Uh, and it's dense. And, so, and, and which we're going to talk about here shortly. Yes. <laughs> uh, so... Moving from there to the second part, what if the Watcher broke his oath? Uh, Andrew, I'm going to start with you. It is, uh, it's a good episode. It just reminds me of like just the Avengers coming together. Um, I what I really need to see now is the fallout of the of the Watcher breaking his oath because, uh, as we all know, when he broke his oath in the comic about Galactus, Galactus coming, it, there's repercussions. So I can't wait for the next season to see the repercussions. I do like that. Peggy gets her hair at the ending. I like the Black Widow goes for the, the universe where Michael Douglas uh, killed all the Avengers. And I like the fact that Doctor Strange and Watsu are like, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, well, they've also announced a season two of What If. They announced it yesterday on Disney Plus Day. So um, hopefully that will that will be part of that is, is the repercussions. I, I completely agree. Um, the other part of that is... <laughs> Just any time that somebody says "not you, Stark," <laughs> like <laughs> I just oh my god, so funny. Um, Bear, uh, I have to. I don't. I don't know. Like honestly, I thought the first part of this was better than the second part. Mm-hmm. I I have to agree with with Andrew that I kind of want to see you know like who's in charge of the Watcher and what happens when you know what happens to the Watcher after this. Um, who watches the Watchmen? Yeah, who yeah. watches the Watchmen kind of thing. <laughs> See our previous episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, and you know, I have to you know have to go into speculation mode at this point. Is what is this all a setup for? Because we have alternate timeline stuff with what if, and we know at this point that obviously you know MCU hierarchy of writers has 
is putting together a big overarching plot line. It's just what they've decided to do. Is it working? Yes. Are they creating some great sagas? Yes. Do they have a really like fixed formula for all of their movies and how they go? Yes. Um, Am I still enjoying them? Am I still enjoying them? Kind of because, you know, I'm still annoyed that like Dune didn't get its, you know, it's, it's, money that it should have because Eternals was coming out and it was just like, oh, well, people really, more people went to see Eternals in the States than went to see Dune. That seems weird. But we're not talking about Dune today. We're talking about what well, I mean, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. them Dune fans are just really angry that they're trying to uh, not have the David Lynch version of Dune, you know? No, because if you watch <laughs> this movie and compare it to the David Lynch movie, even the David Lynch people are just like, yeah, I've, this was better. I've seen, I've seen both and I love both of them. I, I, I mean, I, they have their places, but we're, we'll, we'll get into this debate at a later time, sir, you and I. <laughs> uh, when, when Bear comes out to uh, Chicago, we do our, our brewery tour. You have an invite, Andrew. To, yeah. uh, absolutely. And you guys will get to meet my, my girlfriend, IJ. She's a wonderful woman. And she, she, likes, she likes Marvel Comics and all this kind of stuff, too. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, but so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at this going, what's you know, speculation time for me is where's the next big bad guy coming from? And do they really have anybody else that's bigger and better than Galactus? If if we're stepping up from Thanos, because we've got a lot of weird timeline stuff going on. I don't know enough about comics to know who the next big bad is, but we have a ton of time because we've got Loki, which we just did an episode on all kinds of timeline stuff. We've got what if, so where, where are we going to this? See my thought, would be Kang. Kang, yeah. I'm not familiar with. Uh, uh, he who remains from Loki. Yeah, you say, he who, him, you say he who remains, and I'm just like, yes, uh, here I am, here I remain. So, yeah, um, he who remains from Loki is a version of Kang, who is Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, okay, does a lot of multiverse and time Avengers travel. Villains yes, I yeah. love Kang the Conqueror. He is the ultimate Avengers villain. Yeah, period for me. So what? And okay, this is. The the um, Silver Surfer yeah was originally the herald for Galactus Galactus okay the eater of war yes I know I know who Galactus is thank you I was clarifying not just for you thank you yeah the audience he wasn't he was mansplaining for everyone not yeah. just for you, not just for you. thank <laughs> you listen listen Josh is a little guy a little bit of Vince McMahon in him he's just you know use pronouns pale you know I'm just, I'm just not I, I'm just not manspreading. So as long as <laughs> I stay away from the spreading. Uh, so Jen, what did you think of the end of this uh, this series? Um, I thought it was good. Like I said, when like the first half of the season was, um, you know, it was what I expected from how you described what what if was. So it was like nothing connected. It was just like, what if this happened? What if this happened? Serial anthology, yeah. Well, serial anthology, yeah. but also just like thought experiment. Like, what if this happened? Oh, mm-hmm. what if this happened? But then the second half of the season was like, what if this happened here? And then this happened here. Mm-hmm. And it was like connecting dots. And we got to the yeah. end. I thought that was really good. And I think that, you know, it leads into a second season where... I expect things are going to mesh even further where, you know, it's like the multiverse is more interconnected than we think it is kind of thing. So um, 
I also think before you move yeah. on with that, I also think that it's they are giving themselves license with this and with a second season of this eventually to change a lot of the writing for different characters. So, and then which people will ultimately freak out about, but then they'll be able to go back and say, but this is what we did. We, we set up our own timeline changes. We set up our own personality changes because listen, we don't have, you know, I lost my mom and dad Thor anymore. Now we've got party Thor. So before we talk about the comic, then I was going to save this for the end, but you led me into it. So I'm going to pull it up now. Um, do you believe that this is a good format then to use for actors leaving? You know, we just lost Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. But a what if could bring in. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think this is a good Peggy format Carter, for Captain Carter now. For characters mm-hmm. leaving, for new characters coming in, because, yeah. you know, we can get Captain Carter. We can get. Um, there was another. Well, I mean, we can get potentially a different Hank Pym. Right, you know, we could get uh, miscellaneous. So we may, we, hell, we might even maybe, hopefully, get a real Fantastic Four movie sometime. Right, right. I mean, it 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 opens those possibilities. Um, so Andrew, I'm I'm gonna come back to you here in a second. Um, sure. but I want to hear from Jen and Bear on you watched the show and then you read the comic and how how much of a translation was there, like. Looking into it, can you see the bones, basically, of what they did with the show? Or did they deviate a lot? Um, I- I'm going to be brutally honest. I wasn't really into the comic. Okay. Um, it was okay. The stories were all right. But I felt like it was, it was, it, it felt like older comics that are not, that I, are not really my thing. Well, they were all from the 80s. So, yeah. Right. I mean. So, it's, it's not really my thing. So. I could see the what if, but I didn't feel like, you know, watching the series, like the storylines they built up in the series had more of a grab for my attention than the storylines in the comic to me. It, they just didn't feel like I didn't really care. Okay. Bear? Um, I cared a lot about the storylines in the comic. Not all of those cares were good cares. <laughs> <laughs> what um, if Wolverine killed the Hulk? No, actually that wasn't it at all. Oh, okay. It was the fact that I, I I care that anyone who wrote anything related to the X-Men in the 80s was basically the equivalent of of all, all of the, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? All of the dialogue of the characters was essentially chewing on the artwork it was chewing they were literally chewing on the set because they were describing flat out either in speech bubbles or in thought bubbles things you could already see in the frame in the pictures um so but it wasn't like that necessarily with the the eternal stuff that we read with the with the uh captain america for president that wasn't as bad so I think it's really just the X-Men because the X-Men in the 80s was so bad. Um, But there are things that I liked and things I didn't like. I mean, obviously, looking back on the entirety of the what if for uh, under Disney, they had a plan that they were going with, which I'm okay with. But I was also okay with reading this volume and realizing that some of these were, hey, look, I'm the watcher and I'm looking into 
a different reality or a different timeline and seeing this thing that happened because of this divergent action. And some of them are just random stories that have never been told before, which is where the Eternals came in. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching the Eternals and going like, you guys are weird. You guys are just fucking weird. We can all turn into a giant brain together. That's the closest I'm going to get to a spoiler on that. <laughs> Did you watch the movie? I have not watched okay. the movie yet, but now I'm, after reading, I'm probably going to go back through and read the rest of the Eternal stuff in that volume, and then eventually go watch the movie and just be like, yeah, it's still weird. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrew, my question for you, since you had read What If before, is does it still hold up? Honestly, I think it does, because I think what it, to me, what it boils down to is, like, because they're talking about, like, two different, like, serialized storytelling where you have a beginning, a middle, and end, and, like, where the, the television show leads into, like, obviously our big and climactic thing. So I, I was looking at it, and I was like, yeah, this is really good. Like, the Captain America one, like, like you could see a lot of parallels of, of celebrity, a, a recent celebrity that was our president and stuff like that, but, like, see how some wielded that was good. And the X-Men one, uh, both X-Men ones were great, and I looked it up as you guys were discussing. Chris, obviously, we all want Chris Claremont to write the X-Men, and that's probably why it, just, it wasn't as good. Um, but I think it does hold up. And yeah, 80s comics are bad depending on uh, who's writing it. I, I always feel like comic books are always good on who's writing it. Like, you go, oh, Grant Morrison's writing this? I'm going to read it. You know, like uh, Denny O'Neill back when he wrote Batman, previous I all that kind of stuff. You're like, oh, I'm going to read Denny O'Neill comics. But like, you can have someone like Dennis uh, uh, Loveless, I think was his name, write a book and, and it's trash, you know? So it's just, it just depends on who's writing the book and was it speaking to of your appeal? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I still enjoy the what-ifs. Like I said, I collected a bunch of them. I still have them. Uh, they're one of the few, like, single issues that I kind of keep around. Uh, but uh, normally, the last question in this show or in this these episodes is, will you keep reading? Um, before I do that, I want to bring up a couple of other what-ifs that are out there and to see with this format if you're interested in them um so what if the hulk had the brain of bruce banner which we've seen several times um what if someone else had become spider-man so like flash thompson becomes I mean, spider-man and j jonah jameson at one point becomes spider-man that be that is <laughs> um we've actually seen you know what happens when other people become spider-man with the end of the spider-verse it's true which was yeah really awesome see our previous episode yep uh what if Wolverine had killed the Hulk? Listen, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a what if out there somewhere. There's some alternate reality out there where Hulk is pansy enough that Wolverine, with his minuscule little muscles, could possibly slash his throat and kill him. But it's not this world. So, what if Uncle Ben hadn't died? What if the Punisher became an agent of Shield? And what if Magneto ruled all mutants? So basically, what if Magneto won? I mean, we've seen what if Magneto won in some them. version of the yeah. X-Men movies. Yeah. yeah. So, Jen, will you them. continue to uh, read this comic? Probably not. Bear? Um, if there was newer stuff, I mean, I'll go yeah, back. Maybe. And, yeah, maybe. Yeah. If there were newer stuff, I just didn't, I didn't enjoy, the, the, it was just. So what if is revived like basically every decade or so? So like yeah. there's an 80s series, yep. there was a 90s series, there's there was a 2000 series. I don't know if they've done it in the 2010s. Um, usually when they bring it back now, it is 
for a specific event. Right. So it's like, what if uh, Civil War edition? So it's like, and what it's, if all these things in the Civil War? And it's War? just their test market for, well, we're going to try something different? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand that too, even from, you know, a marketing standpoint. It's like, yes, we can do this and then see what, you know, how... It's a the focus general, group. Yeah, basically. Group. We're going to use our entire audience <laughs> as a focus group. Right. Well, and to go back to, this is completely an aside, but I kind of have to make this point because I'm with Bear totally on this. I don't know what kind of a magic pussy Jean Grey has because how <laughs> oh many characters God. loved her well, in this what if? Oh my not God. Not only her own muscles, but also her telekinetic powers. Jesus Christ. So what, she got beer flavored nipples or something? I, right? right? Because it's like she's got other the angel, the angel her oldest like and dearest friend who wants to kiss her all the time. Yeah. She's yes. got Scott Summers, who, you know, she loves, and Wolverine, Wolverine who has the secret heart on for her. Right. All the time. But then there are other That's characters who are just like, oh, Gene. And it's not just the men. No, it's you know it's uh it's what's storm. Her storm and Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride is just like oh I wish I could be your friend. Yes, Kitty Pride desperately wants to be your yeah. friend. Storm is like her sister. So okay, I understand that that happens. There are people that have a cult of personality, but Sheen Gray is doesn't the, even have a personality. Is a dish rat. Right? <laughs> she is not uh, like what, what? Oh, she's so uninteresting. Why is all that she's attention the, uh, focused on her? She's the MacGuffin. Oh, she's yeah. So go on YouTube. I don't even understand that word, but I don't care. The word I was going to use was vacuous. Yeah, just just go on YouTube and type in Jean Grey fainting. Somebody has done the master thing of all the 90s cartoon of all the times that Jean Jean Grey fainted. (laughs) It's like seven minutes long. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, it's like hilarious. That's worse than, you know, when they went through uh, if those of you that did not know about it if you bought the robin williams live on broadway DVD, there's an easter egg in there in the menu or if you just keep scrolling down it'll eventually you'll eventually see the parental advisory explicit lyrics pop up and you get to see uh where they edited in all the times that robin williams cussed and just one after another oh my god and that is less than four minutes <laughs> yeah so that was where i was going with that sorry it took a minute to get there but yeah so all the times that robin william cussed in that is less than the series where gene gray fainted yeah yeah so andrew will you uh continue to be interested in going back and in reading some what ifs you know i like to be fair i know we're all we're a little bit of hate on the picks i think josh actually did have some good picks so like if you were like hey andrew come check out this what if yeah i would check out that because I would take it on your word, because usually, you know how you can tell someone's a good comic book snob is what they recommend, even when it's, quote unquote, not the better topics. And I thought the, the three were very good, actually, for, for me, at least. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, when they when they run multiple comic book podcasts and it's kind of like their only hobby. Yeah, sure. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I could sit down and talk to you about 40K and you'd be like, please stop. So it's all good. No, I get it. I no, get it. No, I'm going to say please stop as well. <laughs> all, I, all I know is blood for the blood, God skulls for the skull throne. So Absolutely. I have one minis game that I play anymore. And Star I don't even, no, I'm, I'm done with that too because they went on to second edition and just they went money hungry with it. No, the only thing that I'm playing anymore is Gaslands. Which is, you can play with Matchbox cars. It's, it's what it was designed for, was Matchbox cars. But if you go out there and do some digging in the Intar webs, uh, you can find people that have upgraded all the templates and such so that you can play this with Tonka trucks. Oh, no. Yep, that's why I got this little 
supernatural car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got baby. I'm going to play some Gaslands with Gaslands. that. Andrew, also, th- uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, one more, one more recommendation because you guys are talking about what ifs, but uh, your fans should also look into looking up Fantastic Four number 40. Uh, I think that's 44. And my eyes are not good, apparently. Uh, 48. That's the actual first introduction of the Watcher. So if people want to kind of get to know the Watcher character some more, he's oh, cool, cool. Fantastic Four comic. So. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us and, and thank you for taking the time. This has been a good time. Yeah, thanks yeah, for, for thanks for being with us. Absolutely. I would love to come back, talk more comics, maybe understand technology a little bit better and have a better setup so I don't cause <laughs> No, no, no. All good. All good. We have we have uh seen all of uh the the ups and downs of, of recording. But so tune in next time in two weeks when we will be discussing spawn. We're gonna go way 90s listen I, it was on the list and i was like listen we just got to do this and get it done with because it's a thing and people need to know about the thing yeah we still need to watch the uh hbo cartoon oh so good yeah oh so good and still holds up it does actually yep. yeah yep but until then take it away vandello Don't want to see my back.